Hey, it's Amanda, and welcome back to Food People. So way back when I started at BA, I distinctly remember someone in a pitch meeting suggesting very tentatively that we develop some Instant Pot recipes. And bear with me, this is not an episode about the Instant Pot, but that pitch was met with a polite, but I would say damning silence. And the conversation quickly moved on. But the message was clear. We here at BA are food people who care about cooking, not trendy gadgets. Well, you all know the end of the story. The Instant Pot won. Since then, it's become a staple in millions of homes, and we have, in fact, developed recipes for it. Like our Instant Pot Carnitas recipe, I have to plug, they are incredible. And so when another countertop gadget started appearing everywhere, yes, I'm talking about the air fryer, I wondered if my colleagues at VA would take it seriously or just write it off as another gimmick. Well, I'm here to tell you that it only took us a year or so, but we did just publish a whole guide to air frying in our October issue with additional recipes online. And in today's episode, senior staff writer and intrepid air fryer tester Alex Beggs is here to talk about what exactly the air fryer is, why people are so obsessed with it, and whether you, our dear listeners, need this thing on our countertops or not. Hey, Beggs. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. What exactly is an air fryer? I look at it and I'm like, is this an Easy Bake Oven? And as an early adopter of the Easy Bake (laughs) Oven of circa 1991, it reminded me of that too. And I think that's why I was especially excited to get one and wanted one. Did the Easy Bake Oven actually work with a light? Was it the light that was cooking your food? Yeah. And I tried to make a comparison in my piece and I believe our fact checking (laughs) department was like, no, 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 no. No, uh. too inaccurate. So in spirit, it's an easy bake oven in in Okay, well so what is it? Practicality, it ain't. Uh so <laughs> what is it? It is a countertop convection oven. So convection heat is just heat that's being circulated by fans. It's just hot air. Yeah, so my oven has a setting that says bake with a little fan next to it. And then there's another button that's normal bake. So is my oven also a convection oven? Well, I'm not there. I don't know. But yeah, it sounds like it. It sure sounds like it. So this is an incredibly ingenious rebrand of convection. But the other huge difference is that its size is so convenient that scientifically speaking, it's smaller. So it heats up faster and it cooks faster because there's just smaller space for that heat to circulate. All right. So... It's a little oven with a fan. Why has it become this like cultural phenomenon? Well, I, I think that comes down to the promise and the dream and the fantasy that it that it's healthy. Oh my god! So, so I think that's why it's a phenomenon. I think people don't want to admit it, but that's the underlying draw towards it that you're going to be frying with air instead of oil. Ah, when the in fact, dream. <laughs> the, the myth. <laughs> but in fact, it is very crucial to cook with oil. You need that so that your food can brown and cook. There's no way to actually fry something, to get something crispy without some amount of oil. Fat, yeah. We cannot actually fry with air. No. I mean, you can dehydrate. (laughs) You can get like (laughs) an extremely wrinkly green bean. Um, But whether the fat is, you know, coming from inside the food itself or you're at it, yeah, you you need that fat. But the numbers are there that instead of, you know, dunking something in a pot of oil and just spraying it with oil, 
you consume fewer calories. It's just that most people aren't using it in a deep fried way. They're using it for cooking everything. Like I just made a quesadilla in it for lunch Mm -hmm. and I made fish in it this week and I made green beans last night. So you're just using it like you would your oven, but you're using it instead because it's smaller and faster than your oven. And maybe you're not cooking, you know, a whole Thanksgiving dinner every night. So you don't need all that space. Okay. Wait, I have a question though about this, about this faster thing. So My big issue with the Instant Pot was that, like, it was kind of a misnomer because it often took a really long time to heat up. And things that I actually could have cooked just as quickly on the stove, I was now supposed to use this gadget for. So is the air fryer actually faster? Oh, definitely. And I gave my Instant Pot away for the same reason. that It would take 15 minutes to come to pressure. Mm -hmm. So, for example, how long does it take your oven to preheat? Oh, God. The amount of time it takes for me to, like, chop all my vegetables and, like, get everything ready to go, maybe, like, 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. So mine got to 425 for my green beans in five minutes. (gasps) And then it cooked the green beans in 10 minutes. And they got, like, nice and browned and cooked. So, like, that was super fast. But, again, it depends on the food because, like, fake scientists – I'm putting, like, my fake scientist (laughs) goggles right now. Yeah, put on our white lab (laughs) I mean, meatballs, and the meatballs took as long as they would have cooked in the oven. So I wonder if that has to do with the density of the food. You know, there was just like that meat versus the green beans have a lot of water that's getting cooked out. Mm -hmm. If if actually this was the stuff that they covered in science class, I would have probably paid more attention than (laughs) I did. How to make your food most delicious. A different kind of podcast would have these answers. But I'm just here to tell you I've had the fastest green beans of my life. (laughs) Okay. I mean, I have to say, like, you're selling it pretty hard and I'm kind of on board so far. You clearly did a lot of testing with the air fryer before you wrote this article. I remember talking to you about it when you were first when you were first getting one. How did you decide which air fryer to get? Well, you know, I am the biggest fan of the magazine Cooks Illustrated. Oh, yeah. Because they're the ones who actually know science better than than myself. Um, So shout out to Cooks Illustrated. This I like legally have to say the second best food magazine, but (laughs) I'll leave that to a judge and jury. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so Cooks Illustrated's top rated one was the Breville Oven Air. And there's two of them. There's like a big one called like the Pro and then there's a smaller size and they're just toaster ovens that have air fry capabilities. So I've seen these. It's big. Yes, they look like spaceship toaster ovens. And I was like, oh, I need a toaster. So that was an especial draw. And now I have a whole like toast aside about toast in the air fryer. But that's how I decided on that one. I love all Breville products. I just felt like trust in the brand. Whereas if you start searching air fryers, they're brands you've never heard of ever. And they look like dinosaur eggs. So mine is a toaster oven style. And then Rachel, our coworker, got Kasori's, which is a basket style air fryer. And it has this drawer that pulls out and that has the air frying basket in it. So they're different. That's what I see on the internet. I feel like I'm always seeing people like pulling out the basket and seeing the magical crispy things inside. Yeah. And The design is different, so I think the basket air fryer is better at at some things than the one I have. It just kind of depends on how much you're going to cook in it because the toaster ovens just have bigger capacity. Like, I can get two layers of stuff in mine. Wow. The baskets are only going to be able to fit so much food, Uh but they also have a, a grease 
trapping tray in it that makes it easier to cook drippy things. I have to put parchment Mm. in mine almost every time I cook something because like an oven or toaster oven, like you don't want stuff dripping on the floor of it. It's my like biggest disaster was when I just put a ton of mushrooms in it and they're so high in water and it like smoke and steam was just billowing from the machine and I was panicking. Oh God. So wait, what about with the nachos or the quesadilla? Are you putting them on a surface or they're just going right onto the tray? I put parchment inside of the basket. Mm -hmm. You might flip the food. You're still getting air on all angles, but that's just necessary for that machine. So today when I made my quesadilla, I sprayed both sides of the tortillas with oil and I put it right in the basket without parchment just Mm. to like see what would happen. And the cheese oozed out. And when the cheese started dripping and then there was some smoke. You did it just to see what would happen. And now I've got like a mess to clean, but it was an incredible quesadilla. Like the tortilla puffed up and it was very, you know, like elephant ears at a food Mm. festival. It was kind of like had that quality and I was so happy. So if you have the basket version, you don't have to worry about that. You just pop, you just throw your nachos in and what happens? Like, where does all the gook go? I mean, it has to be cleaned and everyone complains about their noise and the smoking. I feel like that happens a bit with these. The noise is from the fans, so you can't avoid that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's the price difference between the two air fryers we recommended? We've got the Kasori basket air fryer and then the Breville toaster oven fryer that you used. It's all over the place. I mean, I think the one we recommended is a hundred bucks. Of course, that goes up and down. The Breville one is way more. It's like 350 oh, wow. depending on what size. Is that because you're supposedly getting like a multi-cooker? Like it's also- Yeah, they say you're getting like 57 things. And of course, I was like, yes, I want the one that has a dehydrator and I'm never going to use it. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it is like if you don't have an oven, which my sister once moved into a tiny apartment in D.C. that didn't, it would be a legit replacement for a full size oven, I think, for one or two people. Oh, yeah. If you're in a college dorm situation, I could see that being a game changer. But it's so much bigger. You really have to have the counter space and a lot of people do. So air fryers are popular. So let's talk about what makes a good air fryer recipe. What do you like to cook in this little thing? I make Bon Appetit's sesame tofu and broccoli. Oh yeah, so good. I commented on the recipe or reviewed it and gave my like air fryer alts because that recipe is so awesome in the air fryer. Uh, And so you coat the tofu and cornstarch and then spray it with olive oil. Yes, that recipe is great. That's great to know that it is air fryer friendly. And also so kind of you to write that in the comments of the recipe. (laughs) Anonymous in Michigan. No, I write Alex Beggs. I want to be, I want to be transparent. But then I realized maybe I, I, I'm leaving like five star reviews because I love everything. Um, And and I work here. But yeah, I leave reviews. I, I I, I'm trying to be hopeful. I have stumbled on enough recipes and seen an Alex Beggs review to know that it's not I'm a like one-off. whoever developed this must have been so handsome <laughs> so smart <laughs> yeah and it's an Andy Baragani recipe yeah <laughs> okay so speaking of Andy Baragani I was talking to Andy about how he makes toast and Andy has developed like 47 <laughs> recipes for toast so like there's no one else of you ask let me guess flaky salt and lemon and a sprinkle of well herbs. that's at the end like before 
he slices bread really thick and then it gets cooked in a pan in like a cast iron with oil till it's shallow fried and he shallow fries and it gets almost burnt golden brown like shattering crust amazing and then of course he like puts a lot of toppings on it but just that method of cooking it in oil so i'm like oh that's really nice but when i want toast in the morning i want it right now so i preheat the air fryer which takes like i said five minutes, sometimes less, depending maybe on Mm -hmm. (laughs) how hot my kitchen is. And I spray a thick piece of toast on both sides with oil and put it in there. And in seven minutes, it's that restaurant quality, like crazy shattering, so browned looking. And I'm obsessed with that, which is the most boring sounding thing. But I don't know. I can never settle for dry toast again. You can put that on my tombstone <laughs> after I die of too much toast. <laughs> she never settled for dry toast. All right. Like th- they're going to find inside my body like that my blood is 80% aerosol <laughs> olive oil. <laughs> like, oh, that's what did it. Those are some of the sounds that a basket air fryer gives you and sounds that associate food editor Rachel Gerjar knows all too well. Rachel, I know that you developed three different recipes, all to be made in the air fryer, and I want to talk about them today. First of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on again. (laughs) Excited to be here. So let's start with the one that ran in our October print package, the sesame coconut chicken tenders. Sounds really delicious. Talk (laughs) me through the recipe. Like, What makes it What makes it different from any other chicken tender recipe? Well, for starters, I used a combination of shredded coconut with Japanese breadcrumbs, panko. So usually, you know, either people will use just panko, but here I wanted to add some coconut just because when you toast coconut, A, the aroma is amazing. And it kind of like takes coconut to another level. There's just this like slight sweetness to it. It's toasty. It's very warm and inviting. (laughs) Yes. I've been thinking about this so much because I think Sarah Jampel developed the coconut tofu stir fry recipe. Have -hmm. you made that yet? I've made it twice. And (laughs) you throw on coconut at the end of the stir fry onto the tofu and it gets that exact quality that you're describing. It's so delicious. Yeah. It's been on my list. It is a very, very popular recipe for a reason. So (laughs) next time I have tofu, I'm going to be making that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you added coconut. What else? I wanted to keep it fairly simple, but I flavor the dry coating with some onion powder, garlic powder, and cayenne to add just a little bit of kick. You know, usually you will add flavor by way of sauteing or adding them fresh, but I think... Aromatics like garlic, ginger, onion, things like that. Yes, from the allium family. But I think like dry ground up spices are just kind of such an easy, quick way to add the same effect. Right into the coating. Right into the coating. And then make like a standard breading station with some egg and you coat the chicken tenders with that. So when you're frying, you know, the entire piece of 
meat or whatever you're frying gets coated in fat because we're using an air fryer. You know, I did not want to drizzle oil on this because when you're drizzling, I think you don't have control over where exactly the fat is falling on, you know, the chicken tenders or whatever you want to fry. You don't get 100% surface area. I love that you used oil spray. I feel like I can't think of another Bon Appetit recipe that has ever called for (laughs) oil from a spray can. Maybe like a baking recipe where you're coating the Mm -hmm. dish or whatever, but I have it on hand all the time. So this seems like a case where it's really useful to have that spray oil. Okay. So you're spraying the whole chicken with the coating on it, and then you're putting it in the air fryer? Yeah. So you might have to do this in two batches, but you lay the chicken tenders out in a single layer and that's it. And then you cook for about seven minutes on each side. (laughs) Each side. At uh, 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Got it. And did you have the one that that we recommended in the issue, the Kasori Air Fryer Max XL? (laughs) Yes. They make it sound extremely roomy, I have to say. I have that one. I really like it. Okay, cool. All right. So chicken tenders, anything else part of this recipe? I see I see a sauce. Yes. So there is a kind of like peanut butter, creamy, spicy sauce, mm. which is made with smooth peanut butter. But if you like chunky, feel free to use that as well. I'm team smooth. <laughs> team smooth, me too. Then a little bit of garlic, some lemon, and a little bit of sriracha. You could certainly use any other hot sauce that you like and some maple syrup and salt. So it's kind of like the perfect combination of a little bit sweet, a little salty, lemony. Mm. It's like a dipping sauce. It is a dipping Dipping, sauce. So (laughs) drizzle. Drinking. (laughs) Drinking. It's so delicious. (laughs) I feel like this recipe in my subconscious mind was inspired by chicken satay. Yeah, getting those vibes for sure. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Let's move on to another recipe. Which one do you want to talk about next? Let's talk about the Brussels sprouts. Mm, Oh my God. Favorite winter vegetable. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Crispy turmeric, lemon, butter, ginger, Brussels sprouts. This can't be the real name. (laughs) (laughs) We shortened it for the website. (laughs) Crispy Brussels sprouts with turmeric honey butter. Okay, crispy Brussels sprouts with turmeric honey butter. Wow. I mean, there's still a lot going on in that recipe name. (laughs) Why don't you break it down for us? Okay. So I love Brussels sprouts. Whenever the holidays roll around and I'm making my menu, it's like, ah. do we need to fry Brussels sprouts? And everyone's like, yes. And I'm like, but it's so much work. It's so messy. And I've done it in the past. Deep fried? Deep fried Brussels sprouts are so delicious. They're so good. And this recipe is simple as well. Just, you know, halved Brussels sprouts tossed in some olive oil and salt. And then you air fry them again at 400 for, you know, about eight minutes. And you kind of shake halfway through. Mm -hmm. So... With the air fryer, this is a technique that is mentioned in the guidebook that they give. It's like when you are making fries or making something like Brussels sprouts or any other vegetables, like halfway through the cooking process, you need to kind of take the basket out and give it a good shake. So that way the crunchy bottom, it kind of like moves everything around and ensures that all the surface area of the vegetables are being covered. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
And they cook through. They cook through. They're perfectly crispy on the outside and cooked through in the center. And the leaves, you know, the leaves that fall out of the Brussels sprouts. The best uh, part. The best part. All right. They're so crunchy. Okay. I'm sold. But talk to me (laughs) about this hot turmeric, honey, everything in it glaze. (laughs) I think you'll see that a lot in my recipes. Like balance of flavors, like that's what I chase and texture. So and this recipe is like perfect because you get all of the crunch and charredness from the Brussels sprouts. And then I made this turmeric lemon butter sauce. It's basically you bloom some ginger and turmeric in um, a little bit of olive oil. And then you hit it with a little bit of honey, some cold butter and some lemon juice. And you kind of emulsify this to make this like sweet, sticky, tangy, mm. kind of glazy sauce. And then one, you can make this in advance. That's the great part. So you can make this two, three days in advance. And then once you're ready to use, just heat it up a little bit, hit it with a couple of tablespoons of water to kind of emulsify it again. And then once your Brussels sprouts are ready, you just drizzle it on. Oh my God. See, these are air fry recipes, but secret you just developed some <laughs> amazing sauce recipes. <laughs> Rachel, thank you for breaking down these two recipes. The third recipe you developed is a spiced potato wedges with yogurt tahini sauce, and we will link to that as well in the show notes. They all sound so good and a great way to use the air fryer. Thanks so much for coming on, Rachel, and for talking about that. Of course. It's been a pleasure. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we will hop back in with Bags to get into the deep psychology of why we're so obsessed with these little gadgets that are supposed to make cooking so much easier. So Rachel passed along a few great recipes that really excel in the air fryer, and it made me think, can you just take any recipe and stick it in an air fryer, or... Do I have to adjust it at all? Yeah, I think what I realized, and this doesn't apply to every food, but if it's a food you would normally have cooked in the oven, try air frying it. Just cut your cook time in half or cut it 10 minutes Mm -hmm. short. If it's something that you would have normally cooked on the stove top, so I'm thinking crispy skinned fish, like when you really want that crispy skin Mm -hmm. or a sear on a pork chop or ground mushrooms, I still do those on the stovetop. This is very confusing to me because this thing is called an air fryer and and yet you're telling me it's air it roaster should be used yeah. in place of my oven. It should be yes, it's an air oven and I should continue shallow frying certain things that I want crispy on the stove. But but also for those people, I guess there's people who deep fry at home. It's a good substitute for that. Yeah, I think Back to your question about adapting recipes, it's so specific to the machine and the recipe and the makeup of those foods and how saucy they are, how watery they are, and what you're going for. But I think it's easy to adapt stuff because you just change your cooking time a little bit. Like assume it's going to cook faster Mm -hmm. and then keep an eye on it. So uh, going back to our easy bake oven. (laughs) Say you're a child, baby child begs, and your parents get an air fryer. What are you so excited to make as a 10-year-old? Someone who can responsibly handle an air fryer. 
I would have absolutely not been allowed to attend because I like crashed our Barbie convertible. <laughs> um, so, uh, but okay. So the most inspiring thing I saw on TikTok was someone who air fried an Uncrustable, which yes, is I saw that the crustless peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And so they took a cookie cutter, cut out the donut hole from the center of the Uncrustable, and oiled it. Maybe cinnamon sugared it. If they didn't, they should have air fried it and basically had a peanut butter and jelly donut complete with the donut hole sidecar. And if you're 10 or um, emotionally 10 as I am, uh, then that's irresistible. (laughs) All right. So we're going to shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about people looking for gadgets to make their cooking lives easier. So as I mentioned at the top... Everyone at BA had a take on the Instant Pot when it came out. I would say, like, the digital editors at the time were obviously way more excited about it. And we wrote, like, five recipes to adapt for the Instant Pot. But when it came to actually getting us to develop original recipes for it, it was just a no-go conversation. So now, fast forward 2021, this air fryer comes out. How long were you pitching this story before we actually did it? Well, it was funny when you were doing your intro, I was like, Amanda, the air fryer was like big in 2018 and we're, <laughs> we're like still a few I years know. behind this, but no, no, no. I mean, it really took off last year. I think I, I read in 2020 sales of air fryers increased 24%. It surpassed instant pot and Google trends. So last year was definitely the biggest year yet. This thing is undeniably popular and valid of our coverage. And I think it's exciting and fun. So I was so happy. And I think the point is it doesn't have to last forever in our kitchens to be worth providing people with recipes to use it because it's something a lot of people have now and we should be meeting people where they are. So here we are. It just is funny to me that this craze around new kitchen products seems to get so much more buzz when the promise is faster, but also healthier, but also more delicious food. Like, can it ever actually check all of those boxes? I don't know. This is like a question for God. <laughs> That's what we we're do trying on food to eat people. Healthier. We ask the hard questions. We're trying, we're trying to eat healthier. We really are, but we still want french fries. Like, that is just humanity. We try to look to outside sources to devices and salad dressings rather than ourselves when we're trying to save ourselves. That is also a constant. I mean, it's just a little oven. It's like what you put inside of it and how you cook and how you eat. Like a lot of this is up to you. So that's where I think some people are like, I'm going to get an air fryer and I will default be healthier. And it's like, well, it's up to you what you put inside it. You can roast broccoli (laughs) or you can make Trader Joe's fried ravioli. Or you can fry it on (laughs) crustable. You can fry an Uncrustable, which is cool. (laughs) I was also thinking that philosophically, because this is food people, the philosophy, the food philosophy podcast, I learned that like we never stop, and you can put this on a movie poster, we never stop believing in miracles. And I I like that about humanity. Like I want to believe in a healthier, faster French fry. I want to. Um, We're just strivers at heart. Let us hold on to that hope. That's what the air fryer is. So the million dollar answer to the question, are air fryers just a bunch of hot air is yes, but also they're great. And if you want one, you should get one. Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> Begs, thank you so much for coming on today. It was incredibly enlightening, actually, and so fun as always. And we will have you back on very soon. Well, thanks for having me, Amanda. Thank you to our guests, Alex Beggs and Rachel Gurjar, for lending their voices to the podcast. If you want to read more on Beggs' air fryer experimentation and get the air fryer she loves, check out the links in our show notes. We'll add Rachel's recipes and her air fryer favorite in there as well. And if you haven't already, give Rachel a follow on Instagram at Rachel Gurjar and get all of Rachel's delicious recipes and more of Beg's hilarious writing on bonappetit.com. If you love the show, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps keep us food people employed. And you can follow Bon Appetit on Instagram at Bon Appetit Mag and on Twitter at Bon Appetit. Food People is produced by Bon Appetit in partnership with Pod People. Vishnu Vallabhaneni is our senior producer. Ginny Bloom is our showrunner. Madison Lusby is our production manager. And Morgan Foose and Jessica Jones are our associate producers. This episode was engineered by Trey Booty. And the music is by DJ Newmark. June Kim and I provide editorial direction for the series. Special thanks to Matt Sav, Nico Steele, and Julie Shen. I'm your host, Amanda Shapiro, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.